0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of For the Love of Sports. My name is Michael Brazil. This is the show where we get to talk about sports, we get to talk about business, we get to talk about everything in between, wherever you are, however you're listening, you know what to do. Five-star review, leave a review on Apple, like and subscribe on YouTube, all the easy ones. Most importantly today, I have Chris Adams. He's the founder and CEO of Sharp Rank. Chris, how are you doing today, man?
1: I'm doing great. Uh, Trying to escape the heat a little bit, but otherwise... Otherwise, doing really
0: well. Hey, man, take it. Remember when it was super cold and snowing only a couple months ago?
1: Yep. Yeah, so Everyone forgets that. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Let's yeah.
0: never forget about that piece of it. That's the most important part. We're in. in I would much rather sweat than be cold. So yeah. let's just always remember that. But, Chris, enough about the weather. We could talk about the weather all day. That's too easy, man. Small talk. Who needs it? More importantly, man, I want to talk about you, your background, what you're doing, sharp rank, how you guys got into this. But Chris, the first question I have for everybody on the "For the Love of Sports" podcast is: Why do you love sports so much?
1: So uh, it it's so natural. It's one of the it's one of those just natural loves that came to me so early as a kid. Um, I I think what drew me to it initially is the competitive nature of it. I I loved and still love, I am my. <laughs> My wife will be the first one to tell you, like, I am no fun to play games with. Like, just, awesome. I, I'm, like, I'm, I'm no fun because uh, I play to win. Like, I play to win. It could be Uno. It could be pick. Like, I don't enjoy, uh, you know, just getting out there and playing. And, like, the, the the beauty of that is that, like, sports offer that opportunity every single time. I kind of you know, have always lived by, um, practice like you've never won and play like you've never lost, uh, mentality. I, and, um, so I, I took the sports really early and you know, rampantly, like it just like every single people always ask, like, what sports did you play growing up? And it's easier to define what I didn't play than what, uh, what I did play. I, 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 really took to soccer, um, at, at a young age. I was able to like, um, play overseas for a summer. Um, so I, I, I played that pretty competitively, but from a fan perspective, uh, from, I, I grew up in Baltimore and so given my age, the only sport here growing up was Orioles baseball. That was it. Um, three years before I was born, May, Mayflower Trucks took the Colts away. Um, and then, so I, I grew up just loving baseball, loving baseball, because it was the only thing there. And then when I'm ten years old, these superheroes show up uh, that are like, they don't even have a team name, but they're our football team. And uh, that, to me, was like... I mean, as a 10-year-old, there was nothing cooler in the world than that. And then to watch that um, that Ravens defense the first couple years, I mean, I, I'm i still somebody who likes watching, like, six three football games and just, like, knock down track out football. <laughs> so, like, you know, I... I, I um, that, that really, to me, was the biggest part of it, was just... Um, the competitive nature of it us surrounded by it i actually in my hospital not my hospital bed my, my mom's hospital bed my dad surrounded me my first picture is being surrounded by sports apparel so hockey skates baseball bats and just like completely surrounded it. it's like we have a huge picture of it in my house so it was it was written in the stars for me man there there was there was no doubt where I was going to go in
0: life. <laughs> uh, that sounds awesome, man. Yes, as you said from birth pretty much that was uh that was ingrained into you. I think that's awesome. And yeah, I mean, Orioles baseball used to be really really good. I mean, recently it's been a little disappointing. And me being a Mets fan, now we have Buckshow Walter, so it's actually been a little bit of fun. So hopefully you can at least root for the Mets in some capacity. Um but yeah, man, it's 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 always interesting, you know, kind of hearing why people love these things that we love so much and a comp- competition and oh is always you know one of the ones that come to the forefront and it's you know business you know breeds excellence breeds competition right that's that's what we're trying to do and now we're talking about, you know, you have a background in finance and now you're working in the sports betting space. And I mean, those are two extremely competitive spaces, right? Yeah. Like you didn't like, you didn't go for anything easy. It's like finance. <laughs> okay. Yeah, sure, man. If you want to work the thousand hours and beat everybody else, you're more than welcome. Right. So, uh, what, what was that like? I guess like getting like, what was, was finance always a love of yours or was it just that the fact that it was the pretty much most competitive that you could get in terms of, you know, working, uh, a working a lifestyle as you can get?
1: So, uh, so I, I, I actually, so I did my undergrad senior thesis on game theory tendencies in the NFL draft and, uh, That's
0: awesome. Can I read that? Could you like, uh, that to no, me? I'm, so I'm so embarrassed. I'm so embarrassed by it. That it, sounds it was, awesome. It I'm was a big so, draft guy. So like, that sounds fantastic.
1: It was it, like, I had to, I had to run it up the ladder really high at that unit at my undergrad to be like. No, 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 this is a legit topic. (laughs) But um, uh, anyway, so after that, I merged, and I always liked finance. I I always liked, um, I I, I, I always enjoyed uh, finance to some degree. So uh, I kind of merged those two into my first job out of undergrad where I was doing, banking for professional and semi-professional sports franchises so um, we were advisory investment bankers to uh, buying and selling sports franchises uh, so that was double-a teams English Premier League teams NBA teams uh, we tried tried to start a horse racing league where every city would have a stable um, and had the financial means for it but uh, city governments don't ball with each other Um, so uh, but I was really excited about that (laughs) Um, and and so I got to experience that for the first two years out of school and really like that to me just ignited something in me that I just I loved I was combining two things that I love and learning so much you you know your first job out of undergrad is always so important uh, I think and like a lot of it is who you choose to get molded by, and the the guys I was working for there were the most efficient people uh, I've ever wor- worked around, uh, outside of Sharp Rank, uh, were very efficient. I'm uh, sure the very, most efficient. Yeah, um, but uh, I, and I just, I loved that. I loved the fact that <clears throat> I could sit in a meeting with very important people on both sides of the table, like, by my standards, very important people. And the guy I would work with uh, would get two minutes into the meeting, not even, and go, this is not a good use of my time, and then leave. Um, and I would just be sitting there as, like, this 24-year-old kid, like, okay, well, I'll just finish up here with these idols of mine. And so um, from that moment on, I I, I always, like, um, I kind of just – trended towards those types of environments like high performing high pressure I, I think it's just something innate in my in my DNA that I thrive in chaotic situations I'm like I when things are calm I'm, un, I'm, I'm uncomfortable mm-hmm. I like I like my mind calms down the crazier the outside world gets. so finance Presented a great opportunity yes. for that.
0: I would say that is uh, that is definitely the industry if you want some some crazy shit to go on. Uh, that's you know, finance is a place for it, and especially with what you were doing. I mean, working with and trying to, you know, M and As uh, and acquisitions specifically of teams, leagues. I mean, we're talking billions of dollars, right? Like, so how many years ago was it? What were some? Are you allowed to talk about someone like the EPL teams? Because I know a lot of them have been sold to American business owners. Obviously we just saw Chelsea sold for like five point, whatever billion to a uh, Dodgers owner partially, but it turns out most of these are just venture capital firms now, which is kind of boring a little, I yeah. don't know, but like, what were some of the, the teams and uh, that you guys had the opportunity to work with?
1: Uh, so I, uh, from an EPL standpoint, like I'll let people do their own. Yes, that's I don't, perfect. I don't you
0: don't say it, but we can look yeah, up the date. Awesome. That's
1: yeah. Cool. So uh, I'm, I'm from Baltimore. I worked in Baltimore doing that type of work you can figure Uh, that out very quickly
0: very cool Um, awesome sounds good i like i like the sound of that Uh, (laughs) but that's just got to be so much fun again for 24 i mean what like what level of uh responsibility did you have like so do 24 no okay cool i was gonna say like how much did they even allow you to do was it more just no hey we need you to do some stuff or like did you get to talk in those meetings too
1: No, I, I, it was like, for, for me, I thought I had the weight of the world, like, on my task. Absolutely. Looking back at it now, and like, having left to go into, like, other types of investment banking, and like, thinking about what I task an analyst with, there was, there was very, I mean, these guys were experts, and they knew it, and like, and they they were very very efficient and like I just tried as best I could to um, help in any, in any way I could and and like that could be as simple as like you know running books down to get bound but like it could also be uh, taking a crack at a financial model because like the 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 modeling for a sports franchise is very different than like. A manufacturing or a tech company etc where um, you know expenses are kind of an owner's discretion type of thing and so you can't you can't really price off of EBITDA or those types of multiples like in other industries because if I buy the team I can gut I, I can gut every expense that I want to win like and then it's and then I'm like this highly profitable so you can't you can't really do that you're, you're comparing apples to oranges so you look at like revenue multiples because of collective bargaining agreements and things like that and and uh market comps which is like you know very minimal but we're entering a time period now and you're you're starting to see it um where team owners are they're old like they they're there is going to be a lot of turnover and then you start to think who could really Buy those teams? Like seriously? Who like? There's like three people on the planet who can afford to buy those things. So you have to look at alternate means of capital, and like that's where venture comes in, or you know, private equity, or or some sort of uh, institutional group who has the means to be able to do that. Because otherwise, like, I think we're we're potentially at at the cusp of losing those personality owners. Mm -hmm to group dynamic because the valuations have just gone so
0: high yeah i mean as you're saying like you know you can really anybody that has a name walmart right Who, whoever owns some of those walmart socks jeff bezos yeah. jeff bezos's wife like we're really as you said we're talking about a very small group of people that can actually say here's 3.5 or here's 5 billion dollars right like yeah. and, and there's the valuation of it and then there's how much it's actually going to cost and then all the owners have to accept it so it is really interesting and yeah i mean i positives and negatives to that if i never get to see jerry jones's face again i think i'd be totally <laughs> okay with that right i think most people would but also that means i know that the cowboys actually have a shot of winning if he's got dan snyder same thing i know that like who we the, the, the commanders have a shot of winning so like yeah he's a terrible human being and i don't want him to be an nfl owner to make the money but as a giants fan like i'm totally okay with it because i have no confidence in the world that the washington whoever's are going to do anything so it's uh, it's always you know there's that interesting dynamic and it's it's fun to watch, but you're totally right. Like, a lot of these owners are old. A lot of them are seeing, like, you know, I can I can take the money and run, man. Like, why not? Yeah. You bought something for $100 million 30 years ago, and now it's worth $4 billion? Yeah. I think you made your money. You can still root for the team. Nothing really is going to happen. I, I think it's worth it. So it is uh, it is always interesting to see all those. And I guess so, where, where does the transition from valuating sports franchises go into – the sports bet like where how do you how do you where where does that transition even happen how do you get there
1: yeah so so from from that from that first job i went to a big four auditing group or accounting public accounting uh firm for about three years and kind of you know again chose chose the best work-life balance environment i could possibly find and uh and then, from there, I went back to investment banking uh but for tech data and cyber companies um and short shortly after not shortly, but after that, I went to get my uh m b a at at uh, virginia and in in between that time of ending with um wh- where I was doing okay. banking and and starting I, I heard. Um, I was driving back from the beach with uh, my my partner and and we heard a radio ad and if you listen to sports radio you know this guy right like who's like making claims that are statistically impossible and then guaranteeing people money if they call and buy the pick and I, I'm a I'm now like eight years into investment banking and with like fingerprints, FINRA exams, background checks, uh, compliance, and still can't guarantee money. And this like light bulb went off in my head. Like, oh my God, the regulation can't come from a federal level because it's repealed. Mm-hmm. And states aren't going to do it because it'll inhibit tax revenue, flow through, trickle through tax revenue. So like, where does this Morningstar or Moody's or... Um, Carfax or better business Bureau, like where, where is that in this market? Cause like y- you cannot have the public consuming that. Like if you want this industry to expand and grow, that cannot exist. And we, I, I'm sure you saw last week that story broke about that former pro poker player mm-hmm. who was yep. claiming to have like inside info on team doctor doctors and guaranteeing bets and then walked away with $25 million in a scam. And like that, that is what we are here to prevent. So like that, that light bulb just kind of went off and we went digging and tried to find somebody doing that. There was no, There, there was no one wearing the sheriff hat or the sheriff badge in the wild west. And so we just built it. Like we just built some really smart tech and, and data science and, um, you know, we, that that's the role we play and serve the market. Uh, and that's really where that transition took place is right, right there in that car. And then once, once we got home, we basically opened the back of the car, took out folding chairs and sat out in a driveway and just started like going, right like thing? just yep. moving. <laughs> that's awesome. And, uh, and yeah. And then from there we just, uh, foot on the gas, like just, just kept moving. So,
0: so how does something like that, like everybody's got a great idea, right? I talked to so many entrepreneurs like yourself on this show and it's like the idea, every everybody has a million dollar idea. That's the easiest thing in the world to come up with, right? Like, yeah. yeah. how do you actually execute upon that though? Right? Like at least you're coming from an industry, as you said, you have the moodies of the world, you have the, the AM bests of the world, right? You're rating these things and you're making sure they're okay. They're actually saying what they're saying, but like, how do you actually Like, where do you start with that and how do you actually implement that into practice considering that guy on the radio is not going to be like, yeah, let me, let me, let me get on the sharp rank so that they can know that when I say I'm guaranteeing something, it doesn't happen. Like, so how do you kind of work all angles of that to make sure that, especially in the beginning, that something like this can, can survive?
1: Yeah, it's, um, so one, one of the things I, I, um, I always think about is, um, I got, I got a really good piece of advice from uh, my dad actually like right when I, I, I came to him in a fever pitch and like they, I, I, I guess both my parents and my wife and um, and like I had done that before and about something else it was still related to sports but something else and they their message didn't change it was like okay do it and I and I was like, well, yeah, you know, it's like eh, it's kind of this, that, and the other thing. And like, for whatever reason, this time when I came to them, and they're like, yeah, you should really do that. That's a great idea. I was like, oh yeah, it 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 really is just that. It's like, um, okay, what's the first, the very first thing I have to do, and we have to do. It's like, well, we need. To have a company so like we need to form a cup and like you just start to like there's you can you can imagine these lofty goals and things like that but like what it really comes down to is what is immediately in front of me that I can be doing that drives at that end objective and for us that 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 came in the two forms Um, one was um, understand well, i guess three forms one was understand what needed to go in to an algorithm to rank these people um accuracy is important but doesn't really matter um how do we look at a fully three-dimensional dna view of that person as a picker so like Multifaceted risk profiles, um, expense ratios, all these like very deep behavioral science components of this person that build them up to become a five, a four, or a three star. So, understanding these that these
0: are just mutual funds, then, right? These are just okay. mutual okay. funds. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I remember from my days in finance those five star Yeah, okay. That's funny. Yeah. All right. All right. Thank you. Yeah, exactly.
1: And then, and then, uh, and then so from there, um, it was like, okay, great. Uh, second, second thing, who do we need to add to this team to be able to do it? I can't code. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty well oriented around numbers and statistics and things like that, but I can't code or anything. Um, so we need one of those. Um, we need to grab somebody who has a PhD in statistics to run this by um, you know and then uh, the last component is like how do we get people to accept this into the market and there's really two avenues to go right they're they're kind of um, I guess you would say they, that one strengthens the other but it's mm-hmm. cyclical so there's the commercial side of our business which is uh, licensing our ratings and our data science into media properties. The other side is the consumer adoption of our ratings. And so where do you, where, where, do, you, where do you, where do you, where do we spend our focus initially? Um, and so that solving those three problems in and of itself were really like the biggest things for us. And from there. Everything else just branched off of that. It's like, you know, what is the core value of this company? It's like to provide transparency into a traditionally murky market, period. Like, that's it. And because we believe the market can't mature without it. It just can't. Like, the total addressable market will shrink if somebody calls that guy and gets burned and scammed. They will never come back to sports Mm -hmm. So we are trying to expand that total addressable market to more casual consumers as well as that person who's, like, entrenched in sports betting.
0: I think it's it's very necessary, right? Just scroll. Go to hashtag gambling Twitter and see how many people lose bets every night, right? Like, that's that's always one of my favorite things to do. It's like, yeah, we told you that we had, you know, this online. It's like, yeah, but I don't see where you told us anywhere, guys. So, like, I don't really know how that you told me that, but it's always very interesting kind of how um how the how the picks business does work and hey there are some people out there that do well uh there are a couple friends of mine that do run services and you know they do they do pretty well i tail their picks and i make money right that's the goal but yeah. it, at the same time that you're, you're so right there's so many people right we've heard the, the you know Stu finer everyone knows you know barstool sports advisors he was huge back in the day they made a movie about him if i'm not mistaken with like matthew mcconaughey there's like two one for the money i think uh, and essentially like what they used to do was they'd be like we're gonna guarantee you know call us up for the free pick and then you can pay for the other three and all they would do is half the people that would call up would get dallas minus five the other half would get cardinals plus five like that's it every other person would get it so half the people would be happy they'd come back they'd spend money and then they'd continue to buy the picks right so it was a really shitty shitty business very shady murky i like the word you use how do you get so you said there's there you know we have the three the the three problems those first two way over my head <laughs> that is what it is you guys are smart you guys figured them out I'm more curious in that cyclical aspect that chicken or the egg part like how do you how do you have the the commercial side and the retail side what are you doing to fuel both of those which one did you s- decide to say hey we need to go after this first because right you need a little supply you need a little demand we need people to be happy right at the gate so how did you guys view that problem and. And, you know obviously become successful at
1: it. yeah it's so it's the the simplest way I've heard it described is like how do you get the first guy on a dating app right like it, it when he shows up, it has to be fully functioning otherwise he's leaving yeah and so for us, that meant uh focusing on these media properties where the exposure to the public is the highest and Really, from there, we can trickle out and expand out elsewhere, but focusing on where the eyeballs of the public are going in, so that we're being as protective as we can up front. And getting, uh, we had an early partnership, um, a really early partnership with uh, Sports Illustrated. Um, so we're the, we're the ratings agency for Sports Illustrated. We're the ratings agency for Gannett or the ratings agency for um, parlay, champion gaming, like all these, all these, once we got that first one, Mm -hmm. everyone else, everyone, it's tough to get that first kid in the pool, right? And then once people see that kid in the pool, they jump. And, and it's one of those things where it's like, guys, look, we're not like a nice to have in this industry. We are necessary for you guys to continue on and growing your business. We are required to exist, us or our equivalent. And so it, because it does in every other industry, like you look at a car commercial, I don't know what JD Power does. I just no know idea. next to every truck is 50 trophies. And like, I'm like, wow, that's pretty good, right? And so, <laughs> so, so like there's, it it's everywhere in every other industry. And like for us, that is kind of what we're telling folks is like, look, you can adopt this and help push this market forward and push the snake oil out or you can let that wave crash on your head. And like you don't want to be that group. Like you, I'm just telling you, it history shows like you do not want to be the last one adopting something that is necessary in the market because the public will come calling about. Um, and you know, we, we liken ourselves a lot to like, um, Morningstar, you mentioned the mutual funds. And, uh, for us, that's, that's really the approach we're taking is like financial institutions are not going to pitch funds that don't have Morningstar ratings. Mm -hmm. We're following that same trend with like, Hey, get your guys and girls get them on sharp rank so that they can start using that to their advantage. We call it defend and weaponize. So we act as that first wall of defense when the public comes calling and they can say, it's not me, this is is a ratings agency, this is their opinion of them, not me. Um, And then on the other side of it, they can use it to their advantage and use it against competitors and things like that. Um, And so that's really where... We we focus. Um, it drives our customer acquisition costs down when people see us in Sports Illustrated articles and on um, parlay videos and all these sorts of things. Um, and then that expansion of the consumer side answers another question for the commercial side, which is one of the questions we get is how many how many eyes new eyes are my is my team going to get? And so that's where it starts to mm-hmm. cycle. Um, now just to be clear, uh, that sounds like a very well thought out, uh, uh, strategy and it is, uh, we made plenty of mistakes (laughs) trying to figure that out. So, so, um, so, and, and I would say Uh, this, like if, if you, if, if someone is listening and they're like on the edge of like, I have an idea, I have an idea, I have an idea, you are going to screw up, like just deal with it. And like we, we view that as like uh, creating, uh, I don't know how old the audience is of this, but like creating the photo negative of the photo, right? Like you can't um, you can't have the photo without that negative. and that's what all those screw ups are. It's like, okay, not that, not that, not this. and and that's really how, uh, we go about approaching things is just test, learn, test, learn, test, learn, and then something something works. And, and so, yeah, I'm sure anyway.
0: if through all that you found better ideas too, right? You probably had an idea yeah. and you screwed up a couple of times. You're like, wait, what if we did it? You know, so because of one of those failures, you came up with a better idea from that.
1: Oh, a hundred percent. Like, I, I'll give you um, so two things is. Um, singularity of focus is important when it's on the core value of the business Um, if, if you're creating features and strategies that tie back to that core value of the business fine the second that that focus shifts to something tangential to what you do and like very easy to do for you but not tied to that core business like that becomes a problem and like I, I, uh, one of our early investors, very, very, very smart guy, like most successful guy I've ever been around, and um, I had, you know, we had this like, come, you know, like moment of clarity, right, in one of our meetings, and it wasn't our business. It was close, but it wasn't our business, and I like called him up all excited, like I got this great idea, and I like ran it past him, and he's like. I invested in a good idea. Why would you do anything other than that? And hung up the phone. And I, and I was like, I was like, okay, noted. <laughs> noted.
0: That's awesome, man. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important, right, for, for anyone out there listening. I think most of them will understand that photo negative thing. Um, but, no, I totally agree. You're, you're going to screw up. I mean, I, I had a business for a little while. It was it was a blast, and it was also like the worst thing ever, right? Like it's, it's both sides of it. Some days were the greatest ever; other days was like I don't think I'm going to eat tomorrow. So it's always, <laughs> it's always fun how that works. Thankfully, you guys have come out. It seems like that that uh, that emotional roller coaster has smoothed out a little bit for you guys, which is a good thing. And I'm I'm kind of curious, right? Like how I want to get into the nitty gritty a little bit without confusing myself. Like you you talked about these pickers and how you have behavioral analysis and you know, all the statistics. Like, I mean, one thing that's always like well. How do I know they actually place that bet? Right, like, it's easy. I can go on, you know, uh, some of these tra- pick tracking apps. Like, oh, he put the pick in. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Like, did he actually yeah. play that? you know. So I'm, I'm curious. How do you guys make sure that you're going to the nth degree Do those five star guys are really saying and doing everything and are, are making and, and and playing the things that they're they're recommending.
1: Yeah, that's that's a good question. And and like, where our where our focus is currently, uh, it's it's information flow more than it is anything else. So like if someone is on NFL network giving out picks and predictions, that to us is enough to say this needs to be protected from the public. So we, we, we take it as anyone who is public facing or anything like we, we, we rate and rank some predictive machines, Mm -hmm. um, uh, yeah, we, and, and like anything that's public facing kind of falls under our domain and that's where like when people see sharp rank, they assume that it's filled with like like just guys sitting in a sports book all day and stuff like that. And th- there are a co- there are a few of those guys and girls on the platform, primarily when we think about what we drive at from the onset, that is uh, protection of the public and the expert in public facing uh, spheres. So um, it's not and and that's like the question we get a lot is like well you're a pick tracker, it's like nah not really we're a data science company right Mm -hmm. like they they log their picks with us and we use that as 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 the foundation on which we can build and and create. and then from there, it's just about maintaining our independence. I mean, there's you've seen a lot of them out there who start as pick trackers, and then start producing their own pick content. And it's like okay, well, you're Ford rating pickup trucks, so you're no longer a competitor. Um, mm. and, and so that to us is the most important thing. Um, you know, it's 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 the information that the public uses to place their own bets needs to be level set whether or not that person goes in and physically places the bet it doesn't we it doesn't matter to us Mm -hmm. because we're saying that's as good as placing a. like it's you're putting that out there to the public
0: saying you should do this that's good enough for you guys to say let's take a look at this let's just make sure that this person isn't you know I'm, i'm sure those guys on espn are just terrible
1: uh, we're independent. I can't. Uh, you can. You can look at yeah. the mobile app and oh, see and, yeah, and see yeah, for I'm, yourself.
0: I'm I'm kind of speaking that one out into the world, and saying, "Wow, yeah. those guys are absolutely terrible," and I'm sure they are. Is there anything well, below a three star?
1: Well, no. We we um, cut it off there. There's amateur gold and silver, but like, I think uh, one thing that you you just hit on is like really it it, it like really drives at our core business is that like we're seeing this unprecedented merging of content platforms and sportsbook operators like everyone has a dance partner or they've bought one or they're creating one and if you look at a bank the research side of the house which would be the content arm has to be completely bifurcated from the trading floor like has to happen it is required and so that is where we can really drive some value for people to say like look this con- everything under this content arm regardless of the fact that they have a sportsbook partner operator they're under the same umbrella of the parent company everything checks out here and like a- everything is okay mm-hmm. and validated and here are the here's the DNA of this team right and and doing that Creates a more transparent and a more mature market because people are able to actually trust that content that they're not just getting like pushed to where the operator yeah. wants the public to go. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I work for an operator, so that that 100% makes sense. Uh, it, it's pretty necessary, as you said, because if it's, I mean, there's like there's a couple places it gets interesting, right? Like you see, you know, where these. Same game parlay boosts are now all sponsored by some content provider, and it's like, well, that's interesting. Like, I'm curious about that one. How how does that work, right? And I kind of know how it works, so it's 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 really interesting to see how all of that happens. I guess one thing I'm curious about. So you guys are, you know, you doing the upstanding work, and this is great, and you're doing it because you want to, and you're doing it because you're good people. But you also got to make money, right? Like, how how do you guys make money in this whole situation? Because if you're just going out spending. Data research time and statistics and having a PhD just on call. Like, how <laughs> are you guys making money in all this stuff?
1: Ah, uh, it's for the love of sports. You can't just Maybe, bleed that's money. We
0: love it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no. So we uh, we monetize a couple ways on on our consumer facing product. Uh, we have a freemium aspect to it, so there's a subscription aspect to it. Um, uh, there's affiliate links to it. Um, and and then there's there's some like native advertising that like you can't even notice. Um, don't tell your uh,
0: advertisers it, that, by the way.
1: Yeah, cut that. Cut yeah, that. yeah, cut. I'm not going
0: to say, <laughs> don't
1: tell your advertisers that. <laughs> so um, no, 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 it's 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 good. And 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 we, you know, for us, it was important for the public to be able to download, play around in that consumer-facing product without having to upfront pay something now if you want the additional level of data really similar to the morningstar platform like i can go on there right now i'm not an investment advisor i don't need to know like all of those nits and about a fund i just need to know like what's it rated give me the expense ratio all that sort of stuff and so um there's that public side and then like Getting deeper into it, if you if you want to look for some like we have like forty over forty proprietary metrics that like you can dig into and understand and educate and learn and um, understand. We call it the Princeton percentile, and it's basically game theory, right? Like it's opportunity gain and cost in different bet types and like based on your betting behavior. Mm-hmm. And so. Um, There's a lot of like really, really interesting stuff in there all the way down to like records on certain teams. Um, And then, so that's the consumer facing side and the mobile app. And that really serves as the mesh point to our commercial partners, which is one of the things we heard from people early on. And this harkens back to something you said earlier was like, weren't the, the content platforms are like, we're not going to teach our team a new CMS system. Like, we've we have enough trouble getting them to put out articles and uh, and videos on time. Like, it just will not happen. And so we're like, all right, well, these are mostly younger people. All of them use apps. So let's just build like a really friendly, easy to use, intuitive app, and they can just have it in their pocket. And when they're at the bar, they can input what what they do, and then obviously like you know we go through and run all that through pick validators and our you know our five uh, audit procedures with completeness existence accuracy occurrence all that sort of stuff and then but but from there what we do is we sell seat licenses um, just like morningstar sells seat licenses for mutual funds same concept it's a annual subscription for the content platform or the sportsbook operator and it starts as simply as like hey we're going to initiate coverage on you we've kept you in our watch list for the past three months we do a character matrix on you based on skill innovative approach how you interact with the public um, all these sorts of things to see if you can you know Quantity doesn't necessarily matter as much as the quality does for us. And so um, we license our ratings back to those media properties. But from there, we can start to get a little more integrated with our partners and what what we can provide for them. If you think about what we do as a data science company, there's a lot of things that operators and... um, uh, and content platforms can leverage just based on the data that that they have from us so um, they might now be able to know that this cluster of readers is going to be highly interested in things tied to this attribute that comes from one of our rating mm-hmm. or metrics and they can create individualized funnels to those consumers through that type of stuff same with a sportsbook operator yep. right like rather than hey everyone gets a thousand free dollars it's let's target specifically who those people are who are interested in like a fifty dollar free play on the jets money line because they have high risk assumption um and score really highly on the risk profiles um so all those sorts of that that gets into like
0: that is getting to the nitty-gritty but that is i mean that's super interesting again me coming from that side of the business like that's what we talk about on a daily basis like how do do we get to those specific players how do we how do we get in front of these you know types of people in different ways and I think it's a really interesting concept that you guys came together with and I think it's really important again being in this industry for a couple years I was at one of those content providers I like to think we did everything above board like we weren't you know selling fake picks or anything like that but it was really interesting just to kind of see what the rest of the industry was doing and how they were doing and as you said you got those sleazy guys that are just terrible for the industry and i think it's important to have something like this as you said to really just like give a little bit of credence and clarity to really what's going on here now everyone might not understand what five stars is and they might not look deep into those 40 different metrics that you guys have but the opportunity and the understanding is pretty clear it's like why do you guys only have three stars three is not as good as five uh, this yeah. is it, right like, it, it comes down to that let's be honest who's actually going to read everything anyway but i think that yeah. part's really interesting and as you you explained the opportunity to make money in a couple different ways is very important, right, for you guys. We need you to make money so you can be around and continue to do what you do. Last thing I want to talk about a little bit, I know you have some deals or you you tell me exactly the word you want to use, but teams and leagues and being, you know, tied to them in some capacity. Where We, we haven't talked about teams and leagues at all. We've talked about the media side. We've talked about the, the sharps. We've talked about the consumers. What do What do you guys do for and with the teams and leagues? considering now everybody has a sports book partner, right? Like everybody's taking the money, you know, take the free money, right? As you were saying, um, yeah. how are you guys helping them?
1: Yeah. So one of one of the things that, uh, and the other area that I would add into that is States, right? Um, and specifically States that are having trouble passing this through, mm-hmm. we present a really nice opportunity for them to say, we're going to do everything we can to protect our public, and by in doing that we are going to, here is, here is where there is valid information sources, outside of that it is play at your own risk, and communicating that to the residents of that state. And that that is like a very 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 strong position for a state to take. So, can,
0: can you tell us some of the states that you guys have worked with or are currently working with? Because we, I mean, I see on Legal Sports Report every day who's trying to legalize and who's not. So I'm just curious, like, who, you, what you guys do and how you, how early you're in that process.
1: Yeah, it's early. It's early, and like it, it, it Similar to the commercial side, like it takes one to reset the entire market, mm-hmm. and um, we're we're pretty close with one one particular state i don't want to like i don't want to get get into yep, that too much it. but like you live um, in the state
0: of maryland i mean i don't know yeah, I was, oh, they still haven't uh, legalized it yet or they have but they don't know what the hell they're doing so i don't know i'm just it, throwing that out there it's just a random note on my side sorry
1: it's a yeah it's a it's an it's an interesting note to Very. for for whoever wants to take it but but look it, it, aside from that uh, teams kind of fall into that same category, and like we're very similarly. It's early, but like as those sports books show up into the jumbotron and like mm-hmm. physical locations in the in the stadiums and stuff like that, it's how do you continue to engage that consumer, um, and, and and that is like giving them a place to feel comfortable and build confidence because confidence breeds engagement. It always does. And so, but, but so does the illusion of confidence, Mm -hmm. which is where that snake oil becomes really detrimental. And so for us, that's, that's how we start to think about partnerships with those types of teams. Um, And to a lesser extent so far leagues, but uh, leagues are interesting because um, there there are a lot of sports that have an aging demographic and are trying to attract that younger fan, and the quickest way and the most efficient way to do that is jumping headfirst into sports betting. In order to do that, like you need to be very, very comfortable as a league with who you are promoting because operators and content platforms are now mm-hmm. tied at the hip. And so um for for us we present that like solution for them with respect to like okay, here is you have XYZ partner for your league. They are tied to ABC media property. We only cover A and B. So we either need to figure out C or you guys need to say you know, here's the fence. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it, it, that's, that's kind of how we work with uh, teams, leagues, states, things like that. But what again, about... it's like really, it's early.
0: Yeah. and I mean, it's, it's, it's early in this whole game, right? 2018 was only four years ago is when pass was repealed about a month, a month ago, like what, May 17th or whatever. So like, you're, we're pretty early into this industry. Um, yeah. And it really didn't like pop off until like the pandemic, right? Like I, yeah, we heard about it. I've been in New Jersey. I was never interested in it, and the pandemic came, and I missed sports. And then Bundesliga, German soccer came back, and I was like, well, I can't leave my house. Like, fuck it. I'll throw five bucks on it. see yeah, what happens. Like, I don't know. And it's yeah. uh, it's uh, now I work in the industry, and I have for two years. So it's just funny kind of how it how it worked out. Last, last question, operators. Is there a way for you guys to rank these operators? Or not? maybe not rank. I guess rank. That's the word you guys are using. The operators, because I think, like, there are some that, and, and, like, again, I don't know how you guys would do this, but, like, there are some that are a little, I don't know, weirder than others, I guess we could say. There's some that push a little bit of uh, more predatory behavior than others. Like, I'm kind of curious, like, what, what what you guys do on that end, or if that's kind of future plans. It
1: it could it, it could be on our roadmap. Uh, it definitely could be. Our, our focus is really on um, monopolizing media property and public exposure on for platforms and individuals of those platforms or otherwise. Mm All right, makes sense. And and, and continuing through that, now you tend, like, the next uh, derivative of that is one of two routes, Uh, and I think the one you just mentioned is one of those. Uh, The other is uh, getting into, like, draft experts and uh, like those types of things because there are a lot of people out there who I I personally love everybody's
0: got a mock draft
1: I love the draft me too I I love it I love it well yeah your
0: thesis we talked about that yeah of course it
1: it is I think it is like one of the coolest events um, in in all of sports that and hearing uh, the gate and the bell at the at the triple crowns Mm -hmm uh those two events for me are like so great um, but so I think I think as you think about where we go from here I mean I, I think it looks a little differently um, I, th- I think we're hyper focused on being that ratings agency in the market and continuing to plant flags and and just be recognized and leveraged at every step of the way we We really see a world where um, if you are not using a valid sharp rank and you're putting picks out you are viewed as outside of mm-hmm. what is real information um and that's that's the goal we're driving
0: at really really hard and we appreciate you man again i've uh, been in the industry a a long, little longer than a couple people and uh, noticing that and how much of a necessity this is i think it's awesome getting to learn more about it and kind of what you guys are doing just going back to the draft i mean so many people bet on the draft through these draft you know these anyway I know I did like I made a bunch of money on the draft this year thankfully so I think like there, there, it's 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 close enough that like yeah yeah come and it's really just the NFL draft no one cares about the rest of them but like that <laughs> opportunity there could be huge I mean I think operators there's only a few of us now at this point I feel like the ones that are still around or you know the, the smaller ones are going to get eaten up or leave because the, uh, the the marketing budgets just aren't quite that big um so there's a lot of different opportunities out there man it sounds like you guys uh, have a couple cool Couple cool avenues to go down in uh, in the near future.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's fun. So like, um, as far as near future, like the next version of our mobile app drops in a couple weeks, um, which we're really excited about. It's got some really cool new features. We basically like used our early 10,000 users to like. Um, really understand what they like and what they wanted and and we we built that in for for them and for everyone else but um, you'll see a lot more reporting at the platform level as well we put out our first quarterly report in at the end of the first quarter and the second quarter and um, that that to me is like a, a really great snapshot of the industry like you can see DNA of each of these teams and or each of these content teams and content arms of whoever and uh from there like there's ways for and what we can do and do is work with those content arms to say hey every month we're going to give you a snapshot of your team and two competitors two direct competitors and you can see for hr budgeting purposes for promotions things like that all that sort yeah. of stuff can be gleaned from that but more so you can see what it would mean for you to add a player or another content producer from somebody else's team to yours and what that would what kind of value that would drive so uh, there's there's a lot of things that we do that you see the tip of the iceberg of like you know the mobile app and you see our ratings out out in the public but underneath the water this is a there's a, there's a lot of stuff happening here
0: hell yeah man well congratulations kudos on that I think it, again it's, it's, it's a great concept and it's it's in motion which is the important part right you're actually executing upon it which I think is again as I said very important in an industry like this so this is awesome man Chris Adams founder CEO of Sharprank uh, Sharprank download the app with the website where can we go check it out
1: uh, Sharprank.com nice uh, and easy easy enough and then we're pretty much on every social media um, you the come Come find us, follow along, and then the the only other thing I always say is like, please, please, please reach out. Like, I I, I can't tell you how many times I've like physically picked up the phone and called somebody who reached out to us because we want to know like mm-hmm. it, is is this valuable? Are, do you like it? What don't you like? You know, all that sort of stuff is like we we can only check our blind spots so much, and without input from you guys. And everyone else like we're, we're building what we believe based on the research we have but if we have other opinions we'll take them into consideration so please um, do not be shy uh, it'll be probably me calling you so uh, uh, in- info at sharp and trust me you'll, you'll you will get a response I
0: will make sure to throw that in the show notes I won't put your phone number in there we'll, we'll, no, no, we'll no, keep don't. you that you can keep <laughs> yeah. that one I'll put the info at, at sharp com in there Chris, this has been awesome, man. Sincerely appreciate you coming on, explaining what you guys are doing, how you're helping the world. I think it's awesome. The entrepreneurial journey, the finance background, everything you got is, it's awesome. That's why I do this show, man. That's exactly why I do this show, getting to talk to people like you. So I do appreciate it.
1: I'm jealous of you, man. Thank you for having me. This is this is a great thing you do. I, I I'm a big fan of, of this, you. and um, I think you do a great job with it, man. I, I really do, and like, the seat you just real real quick like. The seat you sit in is so cool because you, you said it like this industry is so new that the smartest people from every industry are flooding yep. into it and you get to chat with them which is like so that's one of the things i love most about what i get to do on a daily basis is i get to talk to like the smartest uh nuclear physicist who has an algorithm that can beat yep. half half time spreads and like you know or whatever mm-hmm. and like I just I think it's so, so fascinating to watch this industry grow. So thank you for what you do, and, um, yeah, I mean, just, we're, we're big fans.
0: Pleasure is all mine, buddy. I appreciate it. Time is the only thing we don't get more of, so I appreciate you and everyone listening giving me a little bit of yours. Uh, but other than that, I hope everyone has a wonderful rest of your day. Thanks, everybody.
1: See you.